Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 9th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As we continue our discussion over the menagerie, this particular episode will serve as what we lovingly call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congrats to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only green-eyed music lover. And last, but, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I don't know if she's going to say hi or not. Um, and last, but definitely not the least in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend, a fractured Winky. Winky, you still with us? How you doing? I'm good. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So I know everyone is probably wanting us to just dive right into the discussion. So let's get right into it. We're going to take a quick moment to chat about this week's lost lore. Uh, this week, I wanted to take some time to discuss some of the deeper connections that exist between reality and the digital universe of Destiny. Uh, so in light of this week's topic, I thought it'd be a good chance to take a closer look at the historical context of the term menagerie. So just kind of bear with me while we meander through this tangent for a little bit. Um, I mentioned the the concept or the definition of the term in the introductory... Sorry, Green's distracting me with dog things. Um the introductory uh, session with the idea of the term being of the menagerie of being a collection of wild animals that gets kept in captivity for exhibition. Uh, another definition that you've seen that we see is a strange or diverse collection of people or things, a varied mixture um, or a place where animals are kept and trained, especially for exhibition. Uh, so it's, it's a very common thing that is something that is kept for showing off. Um, However, back in the days of Middle French, the term actually meant the management of a household or a farm or a place where animals are tended. So that was not it actually didn't originally have a meaning towards exhibition. But by the 1670s, English speakers had adopted the word but dropped the housekeeping aspects, applying it specifically to the places where circuses and other exhibitions kept show animals, which is where we get the modern parlance of the word. Later, the word was generalized to refer to any varied mixture, especially one that included things that are strange or foreign to one's experience. So that's where you see like the traveling circuses, the menagerie of, of wonders of the world, you know, all the, the elephant man and all that, all that nonsense. Um, that's where you get that particular application of the term. Uh, when I mentioned that the Romans actually did not have the term menagerie, that's because the first known usage of the term was not until 1676. Uh, so that's, you know, a couple centuries after the Rome's, Rome's uh, run with gladiatorial combat and all that. Menageries as a whole were usually or mostly connected with an aristocratic or royal court because that's at the time what they were used for. Uh, it was mostly a display of power and wealth. Uh, they were often situated within a garden or a park within a palace because palaces would be you know, a lot of the palaces at the time were constructed around those things. Again, kind of symbolizing the wealth and showing off the 
the ability of a noble household to maintain things of that nature. Uh, and this was due to it being an overt method to illustrate one's power and wealth due to not just keeping the exotic animals alive and active, but also the the actual cost of acquiring the, the specimens. Um, so it, not only was it a an interesting challenge to keep a tiger alive and active in the middle of Paris, uh, you had to actually get the tiger in the first place. So that's, that's a, it was a very big challenge. Unlike the zoological gardens that would follow later, aristocratic menageries were actually meant to be a trophy case instead of a place for scientific and educational interests. And you see this especially in the areas of uh, Vincennes. Vincennes. Uh, it's one of the more one, so one of the more infamous menageries. The one we see in Destiny is actually very similar to the menagerie of King Louis the Fourteenth at Vincennes, built in 1661. Uh, this was the home for the beasts that were often used in bloody battles to entertain courtiers and visiting dignitaries until its closure around 1700s, when the animals were actually moved to the more peaceful menagerie the king had constructed at Versailles which are actually the more famous location of them. Uh, the ones before in 1661, that was before they had the concept of um, uh, zoological study as being a, a realm to, to pursue. They were more focused on the age, the, the old traditions of, you know, these were challenges that were being put together. They would often have conflicts between the beasts. Uh, there's records of them, you know, having having bears and tigers fight, and you know the bear wasn't in the mood or you know wasn't uh, enraged enough, and so they would goad the bear on by either wounding it or you know doing various things to make sure that it actually would entertain their guests. Uh, and that's kind of where I wanted to segue back into the menagerie that we see within Destiny, because that's that's kind of exactly what you see in Destiny is this again, you know, like I was talking about in the intro session, this this exhibition thing that's going on with our guardian with with us, um, you know, and that's that's where that kind of that stint that I was going on about the the thing with Callus being a narcissistic, you know, exhibitionist um, this is something that it would be quite in line with the term menagerie for that to be happening. Uh, menageries were often not not only just animals. They would also host hunts. Uh, they would also host uh, uh, animal combat between other fighters. Uh, so it's it's not a it's not an unheard of thing for a menagerie to be a survival episode, I guess, or a survival play uh, between between an individual and those things. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of where I was going to segue back into destiny, uh, for, for the purposes of the advanced session. I know we kind of talked uh, really briefly about the, the, um, encounters, uh, and, and so with the encounters, you kind of see segments of this menagerie, you have, you know, the various things that green kind of had mentioned earlier with like the lamp lighting. Um, I think it's lamp lighting, the hunt gauntlet, uh, there's a, a crystals uh, repose, and then mockery are the are these. And Arkborn. Oh, and Arkborn. Thank you, Green. Uh, so, and Green. Actually, I was curious. Do you want to kind of walk through? I know you had mentioned the the actual mechanics of the encounters. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to kind of take the lead on that and talk about we, because that's that's something that you're definitely more familiar than I am on this one. I think. If Winky is willing, we can actually kind of tag team this a little bit because I think out of the three of us, he and I have probably played it more often than you have. That's have you played it more than once? 
If the answer is yes, yes. then you are correct. <laughs> Absolutely. So just, just repeat the question to me. So let's uh, split up the different encounters. We'll talk about the uh, mechanics of them. So we can start with just kind of the list that I have in the show notes. Uh, start with lamplighting. Yep. Uh, I'll let you do that one. We'll just go every other one. So you can start with lamplighting. Okay. So um, in, in the lamplighting section, the guardians are charged with opening the doors to access the next portion of the menagerie. Depending on your types of enemies that spawn, there's, I believe, Vex or Hive only in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, after a few small waves of the uh, the general enemies, Vex, Goblins, Hive, Thrall, and Acolytes, you in- encounter a large knight or a Hydra or an ogre in some instances. Uh, after you have killed this mini boss of sorts, a couple of orbs spawn on the ground, similar to orbs from, and I'm trying to think here, um, um, it just reminds regular me- charge deposit orbs that yeah. you find in any other encounter, really. Um, they each are assigned a, a different lamp around the room, which your guardian needs to go and slam the lamp into. The intended idea of this encounter is for everybody to do one orb each. But there's nothing stopping you all from just letting one person do it. There's a triumph tied to that as well. There is. That's what I base the intended mechanic off. Mm-hmm. Um, after you've ignited six lamps, all the enemies despawn, and it's time to move on to wherever Callus points you next. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat is verifying that if it's the Vex, you have Arc Charges, or you have Tomb Husk if it is the uh, Hive version of the encounter. The next one on our list, not necessarily the next one that you'll encounter, is the hunted or the hunt. And in the hunted, you will need to locate a glowing circle. So there are, um, similar to the hive ritual on Titan with the witches, there are plates that you have to go and stand on and charge. And those plates have a count-up mechanic where you have just like your percentage, essentially, And while you are standing on the plate, there are going to be waves of enemies coming at you. And and lovingly, I'm going to say a giant knight, I will say with a hat on, which is kind of (laughs) one of the small memes that have followed me around recently. It's got Uh, a hat! It scared the (laughs) out of me. But... It was, it was very Malok from Destiny 1, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was, because you have this slow-moving enemy, because it's the same knight, essentially, that you see in um, The Reckoning, and when we did the the Haunted Forest uh, event, it's the same kind of knights, essentially. But I think, they're, they're, is their headgear different, or I'm, it, was I just that intimidated by seeing it pop up the first time that I thought it was different? I don't think they're different. Um, or it might be actually because the previous knights, I believe, used the axes, whereas these ones in the hunted encounter use a boom cannon. Mm, some, yeah. So they, they don't be, they have an axe as well though? I don't. Or do they so. only have that? Hmm. No, they have okay. a a boom cannon on steroids that shoots yeah. an auto rifle. Yeah, but as you're standing on the platforms, you're essentially unlocking the next area. You have to unlock a bunch of different platforms. You have cursed thrall. Hive wizards and this giant series of knights that will show up and slowly chase you like a bad horror movie. So I think it's like four or five plates that you have to complete before moving on in the time frame. 
I don't remember the triumph tied to this one. Do you remember, Winky? Uh, yeah, I'm looking. No, through. I don't actually think I've gotten that one. Uh, it says there, just completed. There is a triumph for every encounter for yes. doing it within a time limit. That is the hunter becomes the uh, mm-hmm. as well. It looks like they'd just finish it with the time time left on the clock for that one. All right, on to the next one, sir. Gauntlet, gauntlet. This is, as Green mentioned, not in any particular order. All of these after the lighting are in any order that Callus chooses. It's not a, ro- a weekly rotation either. So the gauntlet is um, a direct rip of the Leviathan Raid gauntlet with very, very similar mechanics. You um, you float down as a fire team, begin the encounter, and a mini boss will spawn almost immediately in the center of the room, surrounded by many, many ads. I believe this is Vex only. Yeah, I haven't seen anything else in there either. Yeah. So this is Vex only, and the mini bosses, I believe, are fixed as well. And you start with a giant minotaur, and then it goes to a hydra, and then a cyclops. I'm pretty sure that that's a fixed order. Mm-hmm. And so once you've killed a mini boss, your entire team is teleported into the gauntlet running ring around the outside. You all have a 14 seconds per checkpoint. There is four checkpoints. The floor doesn't change. Unlike the original Leviathan, it is a fixed course. However, there are flaming jets that change timings and position each run. You need to complete both a miniboss kill and a gauntlet run three times to or within, within the allotted time limit to progress as fast as possible. Otherwise, there can be a fourth run, I believe. Mm-hmm. There used to be, I don't know if they fixed the glitch, but there used to be a glitch to be able to cheat your way through the triumph as well. They fixed the easy version of the glitch. However, there is still a way to glitch it. Interesting. Hmm. It does involve ruining a flawless attempt. So I see. Uh, Crystals is the next one on our list. Crystals has, what I said in the introduction episode, a similar mechanic to having uh, Last Wish in the second encounter where you have basically a laser beam that you have to shoot somewhere. The Crystals is in a fairly small room, but it has a lot of vertical space. You have a what I'm going to call the basement level where you start out at, and it has three levels above that, a stage area and whatnot. This you will get a bunch of harpies that show up. These harpies, you kill and you take it and you shoot the little heads at the purple crystals that pop. It does damage to them and will eventually pop them and adding more points to your score. Once those are popped, there will be a large uh, vex. It's either minotaur or a hydra. I can't remember if there's anything else that shows up. first and there's a cyclops again. Ah, okay. So you take out those guys, the big little or big little boss, the big boss on the staging area, and then it's rinse and repeat the same process. But beyond that, there's not really a whole lot of weird things. There's a lot of hive uh, spawning in as you're doing it. Lots of snipers. It is very helpful to have people on multiple levels running, just killing ads while people are working on shooting the crystals and taking down the big boss on that. It's just a time limit triumph. I don't think there's another hidden triumph or anything attached to that one. No, that one's just a time limit. Mm-hmm. Right. Repost. Repost. I don't like that word. It doesn't make sense to me. So mm-hmm. this is an encounter that is a large squarish room with a hole in the middle of it. Um, 
a couple of mini bosses will show up that require Crota Sword to damage or to remove their shield so your team can damage. There are also a few enemies around the map that require similar damage mechanics, if I remember correctly. Um, there are obviously knights carrying these swords. You need to kill the knights, take the sword, use the sword on the shielded enemies to get their shield down. There is three waves again, I believe. This is always Hive. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually can't remember. I know that at least one of the mini bosses is an ogre, but I can't remember if there's any knights as well. There are just the normal waves of knights. Yeah. Then you have slightly tougher knights, I think, as well as the ogre boss at the end. Because I think the ogre is the last boss. Then there's also shriekers that will show up, which are not shielded or anything, but they are annoying and easily forgotten. Very, very annoying. Um, Typically, this encounter ruins people's day whenever there is a a melee modifier in in action or blackout Mm -hmm. because almost all of your primary damage requires melee so you you have no way to defend yourself but it's very simple and just involves picking up a sword using the sword to remove a shield from an enemy killing the enemy and you are progressing through the round Mm -hmm. uh the mockery is next the mockery is a mockery of blind well which finally clicked over once doom mentioned that as well this is in the primary room. This is in the room that takes place with the Arkborn as well, which is the next one we'll talk about. But it is also the first room for the raid for Crown of Sorrows. This room has um, a fairly wide area to take care of with three primary locations that are both important for the raid and the mockery and Arkborn where in the mockery, there are plates that you will have to go and slam a hive hive tomb husk that drop from wizards that spawn. But the thing within the mockery is while you are on the plate, you are safe, you're not going to take damage. But as soon as you leave the little um, shielded area, you will start to take damage much like the blind well. You have to leave the shielded area to go and take out the wizards to get the tomb husk to be able to slam and continue the mockery. So it is Callus literally just making a mockery of Mara. Beyond that, it is not a very difficult encounter mechanics-wise. It is difficult in the survival rate because some people don't realize you're taking damage while you're standing outside the shield for anything. But Arkborn... Just one more thing to note about the mockery. Mm-hmm. If you aren't depositing charges in one of the three locations, its shield gets smaller and smaller oh. and eventually will disappear if you are not focusing on one of them. I did not realize that one. I've never mm. had to really worry about that with teammates. Interesting. So the Arkbone is basically a, a direct copy of that. However, I believe it does not specify Hive. As the only enemy type, of, I think Vex can be in there as well. Mm-hmm. This one so. has four deposit stations around the map. Three of them are identical to the Mockery. One is down the front of the room on the lowest level. It's just Hive, I believe, Dino has said. Um, rather than picking up husks from dead wizards, there are preset arc charges or glowing spots around the room, which are similar to the, the um, Sparrow patrol we were discussing earlier which i now forget the name of but it's as simple as walking through as little as two and as many of as three or four of them before running to one of the allocated locations and slamming 
in a rift manner. I, after this, this one goes in waves. So when you've deposited enough arc charges into them, a boss will spawn, and there is um, three waves of arc deposits and three bosses as well. Starting off, I believe it's just a wizard. I know um, that the ogres, and then there's an ogre, and yeah. then in the final one, there's an ogre and two wizards, mm-hmm. or some combination of the three. I think Arcborn is the easiest, in my opinion. To complete as... with time left on the clock, I uh... may be just thinking of hard um, or heroic mode, but I yeah. find that one one of the less completed in time limits. Really? Yes. It's just the, I guess. The way that my team has always gone in there is we have uh, designated runners and everybody else is ad ad control. So the runners will just, and I'm generally one of the runners, will just go from thing to thing to thing, picking them up and then slamming them. There's generally three and three pairing up with people and one yeah. protects. It doesn't, I, it's I not a not terribly such difficult. I organized team at this stage. Uh-oh. For the, for the most part, we all just run in there and make sure it all works and... Yeah. See if we can make it all the way through without really talking about anything other than, you know, normal fire team, not on point talk. Just random stuff. Yeah. Blue. Blue, is that a good understanding for you? Do you understand how it works now? Yes. I was expecting to hear some snores there. Yeah, well, you know, I'm 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 trying to keep awake. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> Get another coffee. So <coughs> No, I mean I think I think the other thing too is like I think that confer at least for me it confirms my thought that like the mechanics I don't I, I they don't seem to reveal like anything huge it it's flavor reveals right mm-hmm. um, right because um, I again I still am I'm still seeing this as Callus being assimilating and exhibiting and displaying his power mm-hmm. because um, but it's also him doing things that we've already done before or taking things that we've already done before and rehashing them. It is, but it's also because he's using it as a way of showing how above all of it he is. He definitely belittles everything. Oh, right. yes. The dialogue tells you that. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, that doesn't really belittle anyone with is the, the Leviathan, uh, the Gauntlet, sorry. Of course not. That's mm-hmm. his. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. his. But I mean, I think that's where I kind of go back to my, like when I went into it, I was like, oh, okay, this is like a, a it's a, it's a puzzle room from, for a narcissistic a-hole who's watching us and expecting, like, it's basically his entertainment is yeah, what it is. Yeah, we're the ants in his yeah. little toy ant farm. Yes, but yes. Just no magnifying glass yet. Beyond that, though, I mean, there's... It's an homage in some respects. It's him playing with us, him using our mechanics. I Part of me wants to make him more sinister than he actually is. Because part of me is like, what if he's using us as like a battery for things? Because we're slamming arc charges and we're doing other things like that. With the Woken, that means something. With Callus, it doesn't necessarily mean something. But my brain makes me wonder if there's going to have something more come of it. I think with with um, Callus the arc charges and charging things up, his mechanic has always been the orbs that we've seen mm-hmm. through the uh, the previous Leviathan raids. So I don't feel like the the um, well, and the arc charges are also used with connection to the arc born that are stored within that area, right? Isn't that? I think that's. I want to say that was where 
<clears throat> we kind of got a confirmation that that's how uh, uh, mm, having not run this significantly. I know there's a lot of uh, detail given in the dialogue too, which is what I was, I believe it was Dino, myself, and I want to say might have been, I can't remember who it was, but there was a group of us that were talking about this because it was where they revealed that the Arkborn are, are actually on board the Leviathan, which is kind of, yes. it flies in face of what was promised to the Fulminator, but, you know, would that be what it is? everybody would be freed. Well, that he would leave, that he would leave her people alone. So there's, and I right. guess... In all fairness, there's a couple different ways you can interpret that. It could be that they were already there and that he was not going to challenge their being inside the mm-hmm. Leviathan uh, if she came out. Um, but I, I, I thought like the arc charges themselves, wasn't that something that you actually gathered their, it's supposed to be like you're gathering souls. their souls and you right. are returning them to that? Essentially. That is that is my understanding of that encounter, that you were picking up Ark Souls and then bringing them back. But I always saw it as simply just Ark energy. Well, that being to... said, that being said, it's the same thing to an Arkborn. Then we can get into the concept of what is a soul. Um, what about the bosses? The bosses really don't have any lore significance either, besides just names necessarily. Yeah, the names I are fun. The names are fun. Hasapiko. Which is the Vex? Yes, it's the Vex Minotaur that has the and it, the Vex Minotaur that makes you dance because you have to run from one side of the room to the other, oftentimes because he sends kill walls flying towards you. Do you want to do your your extra extra facts about that, Blue? Uh yeah. So uh, Hasapiko is a dance that originally it's it's so it's Greek. It's a Greek term that stands for Greek translated. It's the butcher's dance. Um, It's a folk dance that originated in Constantinople in the Middle Ages. It's actually derived from a battle mime, which is where you kind of um, it's a display of a battle tactic and dance form. Uh, And it originally it was actually performed by the Greeks butcher's guild, hence the butcher's dance with swords. And so they would actually display the battle uh, tactics that way uh, it was uh, adopted by from or it was adopted from the military of the Byzantine era and it's actually a really interesting it's a really cool dance I think um, it's generally done with a group it's a group dance it's not an individual dance um, it's done with at minimum I think it's minimum of three people maximum of like I think it's grouped in three um, if I remember I've seen it with four but I don't know if that's a traditional uh, traditional manner. Um, I can put a, I'll put a couple links of, uh, of examples of that, but it actually translates into a, the more popular dance, which I just blanked on the name of, and I'm so sorry. Um, it starts with an S and I completely blanked on it, but it's a very similar dance to the Hasapiko. Uh, it's a, the Hasapiko is a dance that can be kind of, it, it can be any speed. It's usually about a medium to fast speed, but it can also be done slowly. And again, it's just a, it's a folk dance. It's just a, it's like a, it's like a line dance kind of, uh, if, for a really basic uh, explanation on that one. But yeah, that was, again, it was just a, it was a really interesting thing. I saw that, I saw the Hasapiko poke, um, in the notes and I was like, wait a minute, that sounds really familiar. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, 
it's just a it's a battle mime dance from the middle ages and uh if you watch i'll again i'll link it but if you watch the um if you watch the dance there's different uh there's obviously different group steps i think there's a collection of eight steps six or eight steps and one of them is a lunge and i think i think this is actually one of the bosses that i did end up fighting because this is the one where he like throws walls right that it's like instant mm-hmm. kill walls um mm-hmm. if i remember right he kind of does a lunge step um and that is actually from the Hasapiko dance if that if i'm remembering it correctly which i could fairly not be but he kind of like goes down on one knee that that very uh it's very similar to brachion when he's in the shields how he like kneels Uh and then he like lunges forward that particular like motion is actually in the hasapiko dance that that is called the lunge step and it's a it's part of the whole thing um but yeah like i said it's a really fun dance to watch actually i think it's really cool and the music is it's a greek greek music which is always kind of fun to listen to in the background mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's hasapiko um are knock i got nothing i have i i uh there's there's the closest that i could get with all like the papers and stuff that i'm familiar with there's a psychologist who goes whose name is Ar- aruna k um and they have several pieces that are really fascinating reads but i don't believe that has any connection <laughs> um it's just I'm like I have nothing on that one. Um uh Pagori Pagori was an interesting one as well. There's a couple different uh con- connections. Uh the one that is that I can say for certain is Pagori is Greek for hermit crab. Mm-hmm. Um which it kind of makes sense because the I believe the the mechanics here is requiring the locking behind a shield, which hermit crab, you know, that makes sense. Uh there there is actually Interestingly enough, there is actually a small shop on the Isle of Greece who that goes by the name of Pagori, uh, and it's a it's like a kit shop, like a knit shop, um, and it's apparently like one of the top shopping areas. I think it's Eels uh, Eels Yonos. I think is this island. I'm not sure, but um, the the shop owners when they were asked about the name they said that the reason why it's it's a derivative of the nickname that the islanders uh that the greeks have for the islanders uh which is i i cannot pronounce it but it's derived from that nickname um but i couldn't like there's nothing really that i could find that like connected that particular one (laughs) So I just I didn't I didn't put it in my notes because I was like, yeah, that's interesting. But I think that might be a stretch for me. But I mm-hmm. I am pretty certain I don't speak Greek. It's all Greek to me. But um, oh, God. Ha ha ha. Uh-huh. Uh, but Pigori, so the- I'm pretty sure, is the Greek term for hermit crab. So the, you haven't you said you have not done the Pigori encounter. I have not done Pigori or are you knock or you knock. Are you knock is. Uh, it's fairly simple. The curse that sounds like and... yeah, that's uh, that's similar to uh, EAZ, the yeah. ogre and EAZ kind of. Uh, no, it's inverted. The ogre, it's the, inverted. EAZ, the ogre and the EAZ has the circular ring that if anything goes in it, it throws up its shield. You have to kill everything it within the shield or within right. the ring. In the Aranok, you have to kill Curse Thrall, which gives you orbs to um, continually knock 
off the shield so you have to knock oh it down okay so it's like so it's like oh, okay okay so it's more like um it's kind of like okay yeah 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 it's kind of like the elevator from the corrupted strike yeah the artifacts you you but you get the artifacts from cross thrall curse thrall mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. okay yeah 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 yeah. okay no i haven't and i haven't had that particular fight paguri is terrifying because it reminds <laughs> me of the matrix um God, the first time I saw those things come flying at me, I was just like, I feel like I'm in the Matrix or like out of the Matrix in the Matrix movie. It's terrifying. But um, there's the Vex Hydra. It locks itself behind a shield. There's three Vex plates, uh, one in the middle on either side, similar to the Mockery. It's in the same room as the Mockery. Find the active plate and stand on it until the meter fills. This will deactivate the boss shield and lure the Hydra to you. Lay onto the boss with all you've got before it teleports back to safety. It sends out tiny little shark-type squid things that fly at you. They're little Vex squid. Sounds like the Templar. Uh, Yeah, kind of. I mean, the the idea of like uh, luring it and deactivating the shield while trying to dodge, yeah. Yeah, that aspect is certainly the same. Um, I was talking about the enemies being like the the seekers in the Matrix when they mm-hmm. yeah are the... outside of the Matrix. Right, right, right. Yeah, those guys ship. are those guys are awesome. Okay, anyways, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, beyond that, there's like mission dialogues and stuff like that to get into it. There's nothing like the chalice information is okay. Yeah, and we talked about that a little in bit in the intro set. Because, I mean, like, it really, that's, like, I think we covered pretty much all of it. Um, the one thing I did want to come back, excuse me, the one thing I wanted to come back to from the Chalice of Opulence invitation uh, was the idea of using the Radioloria fluid as adhesive. I, I find that interesting because, I mean, first off, <clears throat> okay, cool, it's it's the Gorilla Glue of the Destiny Universe or whatever, but we have the fact that radioloria fluid causes hallucinations, um, which I it bugs me that this keeps coming up in these seasons. Uh, I feel like this is something that's repeating itself on purpose because it just keeps kind of coming up. We had it in Truth to Power. We had it uh, multiple times uh, mentioned in the season of the Drifter with Drifter himself talking about eating radi- uh, eating the Vex. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I think the the thing, though, to me that that stands out more than the viscera viscera comment, which is disturbing on its own thing, but you're consuming viscera through a chalice that you have repaired with radiolorian fluid, which means that you are ingesting radiolorian fluid. Depends on if it sets well or not. But you're still ingesting it. Like, even if it sets well, you're still in the, ingesting in the spiny, it. Tiniest bit. Right. We also have I other mean, guardians who have ingested radioloria fluid. They drank of the yes. sea, and yeah, and, and then Black Flag, and then Black Flag makes the the final connection that I kind of was making is, and then the reveal was, oh hey, we're going back to the Black Garden and Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm mean, like, I'm I'm trying really hard not to make leaps of connections, but it's for me that that one was a little bit like, like we know that just touching radiolorians will make us hallucinate. And now this is the second second time that we've seen our guardian it's ourselves ingest it. And then also we have another guardian in Season of Drifter talking about eating it uh, or consuming it, which is, you know, right. again, and, and the only other time that we've really seen that is with Kabir, Kabir 
or Kebir or whatever, however you want to pronounce his name, uh, with him creating the Aegis, which was in the Vault of Glass. And so to me, I was just curious, what do you guys have any thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on like if that's something that's, you know, them just kind of finding a way to get from a story perspective, a another step in the process? Or is that something that you think that will actually have lore implications with this particular chalice? Linky, do you want to try go first on that one? I think I missed a bit too much of that conversation, unfortunately. The concept that I find interesting that you're trying to, you're making those connections for, it, they, the writers could be using it as a pure mechanic to um, give reason to why Guardians act a little crazy in certain situations or why we're experiencing things in a certain way or um, giving reason to doubt our own perceptions at that point because of the right. possible right. and hallucinations that are happening. Whether or not it's an actual um, lead up to something greater, I don't know. Yes, they're exploring it more often. They're playing with the idea more often, but it could just be a tool in the toolbox <laughs> more than an actual um, thing moving forward. You know what I mean? Because they're not, oh, yeah. they're no, not no, necessarily no, definitely... related. Right, right. And it's no, the same and that's things like ahamkara bones. Like we've had right, ahamkara right. things all over the place, from um, especially armor pieces that we've dealt with to uh, the the bones that show up in different lore aspects. They're they're a tool to help tell the story and help further the story. They're not necessarily the end all be all that all of them are tied together. It's just pushing us in a certain direction. Right. Right. And that's what I mean. That's where I kind of catch myself trying not to make the jump to connect those. Yeah. Right. Is because I'm like, OK, hang on, because the thing is, is like, you know, the the power of the human brain. We always want to see connections and everything. That's the whole curse of good salt. Um, and so, like, it's it's hard for me not to make those connections. But then I also have to remind myself, hey, this is a video game. And, you know, it's like that's part of the the part of the bounty or the part of the invitation quest is go kill vex and it's like okay but is that and that's where i'm like is it just them like shoehorning and i that's a bad word for this but it's like uh finding an excuse for us to go do another step to kind of give us uh something to do or is it something that is in a bigger picture going to you know hey you drank vex fluid you know and it's like i don't know i can see it going both ways or either way the writers may take that suggestion and run with it at some point, but it, as far as why the bounty is the way it is, I doubt the writers dictated what the bounty was. Right. Just yeah. purely because I think that that would come more so from the the design team rather than the uh, the writing team. That's true. But that is me breaking fourth wall and assuming assuming things in a different direction. No, and that's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's that's what I was. That's how I've been kind of looking at this particular this particular piece. It's just like one of those little niggly things that it's like, oh, come on, why is this? Why is this here? Um, mm-hmm. Which is entirely my problem. I get sometimes too far into the weeds. Um, so, do we want to talk? A l- I want to touch on the triumphs before. Yeah, we go definitely. Too much. Definitely, I think. Talk about the triumphs, and then I'll I'll swing back and I because I want to kind of talk about the chalice recipes. Yeah, I think there's some interesting uh, stuff there. The triumphs tied to the menagerie are not terribly difficult to complete. Most of them are 
related to the encounters. They're the time trial relations, but there are a few that are related to the chalice itself, unlocking chalice slots, um, upgrading the chalice, whatnot. The If you were to complete all the triumphs in the triumph tracker or the triumph book area, you will get 42,000 Imperials, which is more than enough to actually upgrade the chalice fully. So if you are having trouble upgrading the chalice because you're not playing very much and you don't have the um, efficiency side, it's the far right side of the chalice. I can't think it's an efficiency bonus, but it basically gets you Imperials for doing other activities. If you don't have that, the completing the triumphs is going to be your best way to get Imperials to upgrade your chalice all the way. All of the bounties that Valor or that Werner give gives gives a, a triumph tied to it. Uh, if you repeat the bounty after a different week, it's not going to give you the triumph again necessarily. But beyond that, I don't think there's the heroic triumphs. They're all just punny, punny mm-hmm. names. There's nothing that Come really out stands and play. out. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I don't, there's nothing really lore related in them. Earn the exotic rocket launcher truth. That was something tied to menagerie, which I thought was interesting. The fact that truth was tied to menagerie and bad juju was tied to callus with the triumph room. I never really understood the uh, connection between bad juju and callus. I think he's just collecting things. I, I don't mean, think that's... there's an actual connection there. I think he's like um, the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. slash Marvel okay. Universe. Which may oh gosh, uh huh. Does that make Tolan Har- Howard the Duck? <sighs> no, because Tolan no. I'm just not. Just, I'm not no, gonna, I'm just no. But there's is there anything in the triumphs that you guys are like I want to talk about? As far I just as... love the fact that there's an offspring reference. Which one? Come out and play. Spring. Oh my gosh, you're killing me, Green. Got to keep them separated. I'm I'm sending it to you. Just a minute. You're okay. Killing me. Killing me. Killing me. Bad Juju is there because Callus thought he could bait out Tolan with his old tr- trinket. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have fingers anymore, nor a body. Um. Let's see. Lamps of slaughter. Break a leg. Yeah. Break a leg is a fun pun because it's for Hasapiko. Mm-hmm. Um, dangerous to go alone as well, referring to the lamp lighting. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, yeah. I think you you mentioned like the the kind of the punniness of some of these are kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Go speed runner, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fire is the test of yeah. Fire is the test of gold. Mint in the box or mint in box. Um, Trial yeah. by wits. Which one's that one? I don't it's know. one of the bounties. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are actually Look, bounties, Looking at the puns too, right? and relation to their triumphs, would, obviously with um, Hasapiko's triumph for defeating it without anybody in your team dying being called break a leg, and mm-hmm. Hasapiko being a dance, mm-hmm. would Lambs to the Slaughter and Uncontrolled Rage help identify more information on the names of Paguri or Aranak? Uh, Aranak is the ogre, which mm-hmm. uncontrolled rage. The ogres, Dino when they generally become enraged, they say well, the hive. One of don't my... don't all the hive kind of have that rage mechanic? Oh, I mean, all the the higher level or the higher the harder enemies, not like the thrall, don't necessarily have one. Right. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 
I know that's really funny to do with the knights is just pink them until they get annoyed. Um, yeah, Dino's, Dino, one of the dialogues for Arnak is, In the gladiator pits of Torbatol, I saw dozens of mighty boxers compete in hand-to-hand combat, armorless and glistening with blood. This ogre is worthy of them. Okay. Uh, Lamps of Slaughter, the Pigori. <clears throat> I mean, you die. I, I, I die more I, in that one. Right, I so die more on. often in that freaking encounter than I do in the other two. So, hang on, because that actually makes me think of something. Uh, okay. Because Pigori... No, that's not what I wanted. I want. Well, I in, in that encounter, Pigori is forcing you into your entire team into a central location. And then when he allows himself to be damaged, he's also calling for reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Long range, close range, up in your face range that are all shooting at you and you, you have nowhere to go. Otherwise, you can't do damage to him. And the missile seekers, the little squid things that come flying at you. Yeah. Those are one shot kills. Yeah, Black Flag, he for, he's forcing you into a uh, kill box. Mm-hmm. Uh, a meat grinder. I think there's, there's this weird connection that I was mentioning with Pigori and the. Um, there's a <clears throat> regional area called. I, I don't even know how. I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this because it's Greek, but I believe it's Ioninia. I, Ion, Ion, I have no idea. Uh, Ionia, I think. Um, but it's a, it's basically the capital city of, uh, Epirus. Um, but the interesting thing with it is that it is a, um, it's said to be linked. The name is, uh, basically they think it's a corruption of the term for quote place of St. John or St. John the Baptist. Uh, it's said to be linked to the establishment of monastery to St. John the Baptist, uh, around which that the castle then for the central city would to grow up. Uh, there's also a connection to uh, Justinian, the emperor Justinian, and his daughter Bel- Um So yeah, it. But the the lambs to the slaughter comment just made me like it. Just for me, it just was like oh Saint John the Baptist. You know the the imagery of the uh the teachings of the early christian church with the lambs and you know the the requirement for not just christianity but also judaism and all that with the you know with the slaughter for sacrifices and stuff like that that's just where you know to me that made a weird connection there um mm-hmm. but you know also there's also the connection no not ionia um sorry chat's asking uh the the connection also for the kill box is also an interesting one for for that as well do you want to talk about the the runes for the chalice yeah so the runes are the runes are kind of interesting right it's um we were kind of talking about this in the introductory set there's there's both a a simple and yet strangely extremely complex logic behind the chalice of opulence for what's referred to as the recipes so you basically have i believe it's 12 different runes and various colorations, which colorations denote the rarity, I believe, is what it is, or the uh, value of what it it creates. Um, and within those particular uh, segments, you can you can determine ultimately what reward you're going to get. And obviously, as you walk walk through the runes, you can uh, upgrade your chalice as well. Uh, the chalice you have three different. T 
tiers of chalice so once you get the base chalice you have different tiers you have the compatibility improvement the bonus improvement and then power and efficiency improvements um and basically to kind of really quickly run through them compatibility is the ability to obtain and slot the various colors you start off with purple runes that's the base and then the first first improvement on compatibility will give you access to the red runes uh, the second will give you access to green runes, and then the final one is the blue runes. Now, the importance there is, again, the different colors of runes. If you, Depending on which slot you place these runes in, it, it has different effects. The first slot, which is the, uh, the gear archetype slot, is the thing that's going to determine the type of what, or type of item. So they have, you know, different runes will have different items linked to them, anywhere, any piece of armor and archetype of weapon. Uh, the second slot, which is the gear specialization slot, uh, is kind of, I think it's, uh, it's, it's kind of linked up with, um, the rune bonus, um, I don't really know if there's a direct correlation between the the slots and the the improvements or at least not I haven't played with it just that much yet but the rune bonus improvements are basically um the ability to gain things from it uh so the first improvement will give you an additional rune from the bounties and rune finder consumables that you can get from Warner uh, second installment or second improvement will basically guarantee that one actively slotted rune is refunded. Uh, so once you loot the final chest of the menagerie, normally that will consume all the runes. Excuse me. If you have the second improvement bonus, uh, you get one of them back, basically. Uh, third improvement will give you a chance to gain an additional uh, reward that is not not a powerful so a non-powerful reward from the final chest during the season of opulence so it's only it's only viable for this season um and so that's the that's the room bonuses the power and efficiency which i believe is the one that a lot of people are advising to boost up very quickly uh simply because you get so you get the first Imperials. improvement yeah first improvement gives you additional weekly uh, rewards from the final chest and also it will unlock the chest on the imperial barge the second improvement gives you additional weekly power rewards from the final chest and also this is the big one this is the one that also unlocks uh imperials being dropped in other activities which i believe are strikes crucible and adventures I think there was a third. I don't, but this is the one that a lot of people are saying, make sure you get this one first because it basically yeah. guarantees that randomly you'll get a set of like 500 Imperials, which is really they nice. Will, they are also the most expensive of the upgrades. Yes. The Gambit. The, Thank you, Black Flag. Yes. Gambit is the other one that it'll do. So the far, the far right, the final upgrade for that particular one is an $8,000 or 8,000 uh, Imperial upgrade, which is the highest of upgrades that you have to spend. Yeah. Um, and the reason why that one is so, so expensive is that the final improvement for power and efficiency, uh, in addition to the powerful rewards that drop from the final chest, you also are guaranteed a season of opulence mod, uh, yep. which is, it's just, and I, I'm not, I'm not familiar on the variations of mods. I know that they vary. Hang on, let me try to reword that. I know that there are different mods for different seasons, but to me, that's a mechanic that I don't care about. So I usually defer to Green or uh, Ninja. Hates you. 
to tell me which mods to go after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. They're yeah, whatever. Um, the slots that so that's that's how you can you can air quote level up your your chalice. Uh, the other thing that that goes into also is you have different slots, which is where you put the runes. Slot one we kind of mentioned is gear archetype, so that's the type of item. Uh, slot two is gear specialization, so that's so you have the archetype, and then you have specialization. So you have you know let's do <clears throat> uh, I, I don't know a hand cannon. And then you can specify if you want it to be uh, a specific type of hand cannon. Uh, and this is all listed in this giant document that I've, I'm going to share in the show notes. And then the mm-hmm. slot three is the big one because that one is the guarantee of the masterwork bonus uh, either for – so it's masterwork bonus for weapons and element resistance for armor. Um and so there's there's also like they they have different different color runes have different associated bonuses when it comes to slot two and slot three and it's like mm-hmm. it's, I mean it's it's literally a recipe like it it really is um, in the purple runes you have rune of joy rune of the beast and rune of jubilation red rune red well red runes have cunning gluttony and ambition. Green gives you war, desire, and pride, and then blue gives you pleasure, excess, and wealth. Um, it's to me, it was interesting looking at the names uh, because you kind of start off with joy, and then the beast and jubilation, and you get in kind of like this weird, like cunning, gluttony, ambition, war, desire, pride. You know these like vices, and then you end with pleasure, excess, and wealth, uh, which mm-hmm. is. Which is, I mean, it's in line with Callus, right? It, it is right. in line with Callus and the Cabal in general. Um, if you notice within the each color set, there's one that is a could be perceived as a positive and or not one, the one perceived as a negative, and the other two are positive. Yes, or could be perceived as positive. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The what do you want to talk about the weapons that they have for this season? I talk about I, imitation. Oh yeah, like the imitation. I was about to say I actually am not super familiar with the weapons on this season because I, I that's a that's a victim of my own playstyle. I I have my weapons that I like, um, and Green and Ninja haven't forced me to play something else. So, um, but yes, I know that they. I know there was a lot of hubbub about them being air quote copies, but that's in line with everything that Cabal do. Um, well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going. Right, right. For. So yeah, do you want to? Why don't you start, and I'll I'll look up a a list real quick. I have a list if you would like the Yay! list. I like it when Green is better prepared than I am. Green is just thinking ahead. Um, so you, the new weapons for Menagerie are Austrian, the Callus Mini Tool, Beloved, Drang Baroque, Imperial Decree, the Epicurean, and Fixed Odds. Um, Ostringer is a remake of Is Luna. Callus Mini Tool is obviously the Might of Mini Tool. Uh, Beloved, I'm still debating which sniper Beloved is based off of. I want to say it's based off of. Um, God, I I love my Beloved. It reminds me so much of my Thousand Yard Stare. I know that's not the gun it's based off though. LDR, LDR, really? I didn't realize that. Interesting. I like it. It actually was what got me all the way through my beloved and my Tatera's gaze got me all the way through to get Revoker for that sniper. They're not copies or Bungie is just reusing models. 
there literally are old weapons just gussied up. Yeah, that's true. They are our old weapons just with a new coat of paint and some purple. Which is kind of, I mean, honestly, this is what the Drifter did too. Did he though? Not for weapons that we've seen, but like in the lore, that's what he did. He stole what he stole Vanguard weapons, (laughs) prettied them up and then turned around and handed them out. Like that's the entire lore entry with rhetorics and, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Oh God, Josser. No. Joxer, 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 and Reddix when they're on the train, and he kills uh-huh. all. He he breaks all the frames, and then Joxer's trying to put them back together. Like that's oh him. He's goodness. steal. He's stealing all the the um Dark Age weaponry. Mm-hmm. And that's and then you turn around and if you look at the weapons that Drifter gives us, it's basically Dark Age weaponry that has been retrofitted and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, court coordinator is. Uh, <laughs> The, the LMG has the word Suro scratched out. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, I, I find it hilarious. Um, but the, uh, oh, but yeah, I mean, like, the whole thing with the the callus, I mean, we have that with Toland, right? I think Dino had that quote earlier. Uh, he said he tried to tempt him with an old trinket he left behind, but he failed to appear. Perhaps you notice it's free for the taking. Like, he's like, I tried. He didn't want it. Eh, just take it. Get it out of here. He doesn't have fingers. How in the world is Tolan going to use... I mean, like, it's Callus being, like, just kind of tempting him, trying to get him to come back. I don't think he was trying to give him bad juju. I think he was trying to get it's him to like, just show up. It's like the... what That old... I want to say it's a Taco Bell commercial where the Taco Bell dog is standing with a box and a string trying to lure Godzilla into the box. <laughs> That's, That's not going to work. It's an amazing commercial. Oh my god! <laughs> I completely forgot. About I that. love that commercial. <laughs> lizard, lizard, you lizard, lizard. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, but yeah, no. I mean, like, okay, so like, I know the Austringers. The everyone's has a strong desire. <laughs> I guess would be the Austr- which is which is funny because it's, the is, rune. it's a nice hand cannon. It's the rune of desire. Yeah. Callus yeah. uh, mini tool is rune rune of the beast. This season, or at least this part of the season, this solstice of heroes, I am redubbing. This is there's going to be a new names, lady, ladies and gentlemen. It is the season of the submachine gun because I can't go into a crucible match without either running into a risk runner, callus mini tool, or recluse. I was because gonna say recluse the, is the one that's killing me right now. Yeah, but I, I run the, I run the elemental runner, but, mm-hmm. the end elemental buffs that are going into everything. Oh yeah, see I don't pay people, attention to that. That makes sense. People, oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. It and they're like tiny little laser pointers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, risk uh, runner especially. Risk runner is like and I think recluse oh, rec- is recluse, similar, recluse right? Recluse is Recluse is even more of a laser pointer than Risk Runner is. Because, but you have to. I, uh, that's a mechanic question. You have to play comp. Yeah, you have to play. Comp. Ew. Then, no, anyways. Then, then you have to get one kill with it. Then you get feeding frenzy, which that's makes everything what it else. Is. Yeah, that just makes everything fall down in front of you. Uh-huh. Um, Basically, I mean, I find I find it interesting too the connection between the top rune and the the weapon name. Right, I think that's that's. Mm-hmm. I also find it hilarious that this site that you linked me misspelled rune. Um, yep. June of jubilation uh, notes, but like, so your beloved rune. is 
jubilation, your mm-hmm. drang, uh, is pride, which is if you know the word or the drang baroque, uh, is pride, which I, I mean, that's accurate. Uh, imperial degree is wealth. Epicurean is excess. <laughs> that's really funny. Fixed odds is ambition, which I mean, that makes sense. Um, then what is this? The, oh, these are old weapons. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you can yeah, get yeah, yeah, a yeah. series of old weapons as well as old armor sets. Right, right. If you combine it, right. Okay, okay. I gotcha. So there's the Menagerie Opulent Armor, the Menagerie Exodus Down Armor, Tangled Shore Armor, and the Reverie Dawn Armor. Yes, and it's the year two Exodus Down, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spaceman. It's a Spaceman one. Like the 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 archetype. Or what is it? Yeah, the specialization. No, archetype. Yeah, archetype slot is interesting too because like your joy is going to be your armor class. Or sorry, class armor. Beast is submachine guns. Jubilation is always snipers. Cunning is uh, gauntlets. Gluttony is boots. Ambition is power weapon, which is fair. Uh, War is helmet, which is, I like that one actually. I think that one's really, really on point. Uh, Desire is hand cannon. Pride is sidearm. Uh, knowing Green and her pride in her sidearm, I, I find that appropriate. Pleasure is chest. And then Rune, uh, the excess is fusion rifle and wealth is shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, like some of those are pretty overt, I think, I think, in the connection between the Rune naming and the art, the, uh, what did I just say? Archetype. Um, I mean, it's the, you can also say that it is you could put almost any of those names with the other one. Yeah. I mean, like I think some of them are, that's what I think some of them to me make a lot of sense though. Like rune of war. I, I really see that connected with the helmet um, because of the concept of like Ares and Athena and they're very portrayed. They're they're always portrayed with like the helmets. Um, That's, that's one of the ones that I'm like, that one makes a lot of sense. Pleasure is the chest, which is like your entire torso. So you have like the heart, you have the stomach, you have, you know, the, the pleasure centers of the body is, is, you know, for, especially for hedonists are like, you know, eating well, you know, in your heart, you, you, you you know, that, um, wealth, eh, I don't know really where I was going with wealth. Um, the armor I think makes a little bit more sense to me than the weapons, uh, like mm-hmm. cunning, cunning is the gauntlet, which is the hands. So if you have quick hands, you're very cunning. Uh, gluttony is boot. Um, it's a little bit of a stretch, I think, on that one. And joy is the class armor, which is like your um, your source of joy. Like I don't know, like I I draw connections on that. That kind of mm-hmm. makes it where I'm like, but you're also right. I think you could probably with some of them, with some of them, I think you could them. interchange them. But I think like war. And pleasure for me, I like those two really, I think, match up pretty well. I think for me, at least. As far (laughs) as. Black flag, the liver. I know. Yes, that's that's also where the liver is. (laughs) Important. Important for hedonist. (laughs) Because they're going to eventually run into a lack of one anyway. (laughs) Get the lady what she wants. Yeah. The beyond that, there's really. The problem with Menagerie is, and Blue mentioned this, I think, in the introduction episode, not necessarily in this one, is there are no lore cards tied directly into Menagerie. There's no lore entries that are about the encounters or anything like that. It is 
purely something that we're having to pull from audio dialogue, um, the weapons, the runes, all the stuff that we're having to kind of pull as much lore bits out of as we can. There's this episode was really, in my opinion, kind of rough to try to pull together because of that, because you're you're reading so much into mm-hmm. the naming conventions, which naming conventions can just be that. They're, they don't have to have a huge amount of lore tied to them. The bounties were about the only thing that had, and the um, mission dialogue were about the only things that had any sort of lore-esque that you can dive into a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I agree with Dino. That's kind of the problem with Season of Opulence. As far as Season of Opulence tied into the concept of Callus, we have gotten a ton of lore with other in other respects, but tied to the actual gameplay that we are experiencing, not as much. Not as much. Yeah, and I mean, I I agree. Like, I I I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair criticism on on this. It's a fair criticism on this aspect of the overall season. But I think, you know, Green, you said this too, but I think it's also worth saying again, it's not a criticism of the whole season because there are aspects of the season that we've gotten, you know, a lot of awesome information on. Um, Now, as far as like, you know, the amount of information, I I think, yeah, Dino, I think is is saying the same thing. I think season of opulence has the fewest of the, the recent seasons. So Here's there might be, would... there might just be a matter of this is kind of a lull before we get into, I mean, it is a lull before we get to shadow well, keep, but here's, that's one of the things. Cause if you remember, um, house of wolves drop, mm-hmm. lore drop was terrible in house of wolves. There wasn't hardly anything for us to really dig into. It was very similar in perspective to, what we're going through now, there's kind of a lore quote unquote uh, drought going on in that season. But with um, an outside perspective to keep in mind, we talked with uh, John, Mm -hmm. John Toe back at guardian con about uh, they just kept running out of time for different things. They kind of kept slipping through the cracks because of um, time crunches that were being put into place. The things that I wonder is how much, of season of opulence was done while Bungie was still under the directive of Activision. Do we? I know that going I, forward, Shadowkeep is theirs. I think Shadowkeep is much. the first full one that's theirs. I mean, from a mechanic, right. from like a business standpoint, I think season of opulence was like the the tail end of the contractual obligation. I think I want to emphasize that that's what I think. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. Obviously, I don't have information on the exact nature of the contract. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get the feeling that that's I'm, I think I'm on the same page as you, Green. I think that was kind of what I got the feeling was that this was kind of the end of the, the contractual obligation. Um, and so that's where your comments about like the time crunch. We've already seen with Shadowkeep that Bungie is not afraid to be like, hey, we need a couple extra weeks to, to get Which, this. Thank game. God. I mean, I, I really, you know, if anything, I completely, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Cord coordinator is saying opulence was actually well, predominantly through vicarious like, visions, which is, um, the Activision, Activision. studio. Yeah. That's Activision. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks Dino. Dino's also saying season of opulence was the last thing. Um, what I, what I was going to say is just like, as a, as a thought aside, that's actually why I'm 
still really supportive of Bungie is because with what they're doing with the new Shadowkeep, I think is a good model overall for companies. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that if Shadowkeep and, you know, there's a couple gaming companies out there that are kind of pushing the, pushing the line as far as like not participating in the crunch as much as possible. There's always going to be crunch. There's always, I mean, it, it's not just game. Right. There's always going to be the, the last minute sprint to the deadline, but you know, keeping a reasonable balance, I think is, is also very important. And I, I really, there's... I applaud companies who are willing to take a short-term loss in order for their employees to be healthy. Um, the I other think that's thing really that important. I would point out to people, and I know that a few content creators have brought this up, the fact that they push it back to the date they did, they remove themselves from a game-heavy time. Yes. yes. So there's not as many games being released now at the time that uh, yeah, September is September is... September's September's terrible be, for oh gamers. God, God, there's September. so much to play. Sleep is a but, sleep is a illusion at that point. But because they pushed it back, <laughs> the the opportunity for people to really sink their teeth into it is going to be more prominent, and they're not going to feel so um, pushed by other games as well. They're not going to have to pick as much. It's going to be, I think, better off in the long run as far as timing goes. But that is me yeah, interpreting. And- well, and I think it also like I mean this is speculation, obviously, but I think also if um if they truly are moving to a more MMO or RPG format, then giving people more time to sink teeth into is going to be necessary. Uh, if you shift into that from a true first person shooter, which D- Destiny's obviously always bound danced on that that knife's edge um but with the comments about like all the customizations that they're coming out with i think the the stream for the armor that's coming up is going to be you know coming out i think what two weeks now um Mm -hmm. a lot of the mechanics are going to require research like that's gonna it's gonna require us to you're talking about the did did you say cross save or what no 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 no. the stream talking about armor 2.0 oh yes that's that's in the cross save is Cross save goes into the game as far as the patch going in in a few weeks, but it doesn't go live until later. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't. I, had, I, I'll be honest, I haven't paid attention to cross save because it's not really gonna. For me, it's, it's not gonna, gonna help so much. Oh no, no, and I and I fully understand that. It's just to, for me personally, it's like I'm like cool. Blue. I might I might try to play Blue. it on PC. What I can. I can actually come back to Xbox and help I know. you through stuff. I know. Or tell me what to do. That's going to be so it's, nice. That's what I meant. That's what yeah. I meant. Same okay, thing. fair enough. Fair enough. I can I can speak I can speak green. Um, so easy a Titan <laughs> could understand it. Love oh, that. Okay. I love that. That was that was like pure bungee snark in that. Oh. That was oh Did my. you did you the see sh- the line I posted from Eva? Yes. Yesterday. Did you see the the GIF oh, reaction? My oh my god. Well, I read that. So like, I try to whenever they do the lore drops uh, on Ishtar, which actually I have a. I, I'm going to segue this into kind of shout outs, concluding notes because I think we're kind of at the limit yep. of our stuff. I think so. so first off, um, in regards to your your line from Eva, I find that she's not just commenting on Void. If you look at the other elements, she has similar mm-hmm. comments to all of the subclasses. It's really mm-hmm. kind of funny. Um, but I read that like so Ishtar does the whole 
you know, API updates whenever they get the chance and they, they put it in the releases. They have a page specifically for those releases. If you guys didn't know that it's, it's by release pack. And so it's really helpful for, you know, for me or for others who are doing research because we can actually see when things got released and what in conjuncture was released with it. Um, Mm -hmm. The nice thing is, is like when that goes live, you can just sit there and you can scroll down and it's, it's not necessarily like it's, there's no filtering really. It's just everything. And so, yeah, there is, there's a lot of the, the dialogue was from Eva and I'm like, God, man, grandma's got some sass. Like there's, there's really sassy. They're throwing shade left and right. Like it was, I was like, man, essentially calling void people or void uh, uh, emos, emos. And then uh, they have so much to say, but speak so little. (laughs) Oh my God. They're like the young. They're like the young. I'm trying to remember what. um, I can find the quote. I'm trying to remember the arc and the the solar ones. There was just, oh my God. Oh, I don't know. And then she's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, they're asking for you guys in the field. But like, it's just so funny. Some of the quotes that she has. I just, I loved, I loved the the humor there. Yeah. the void one is guardians who prefer the void as their weapon remind me of use so obsessed with secrets <laughs> desperate to be heard but saying little of all the guardians i like you best <laughs> it's like thanks grandma <laughs> wow that disapproving grandmother that also is complimenting you in the same breath i like your like, artistic expression <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. It made uh, me so happy when I found that. That's on a that's on a bounty too. Like all yeah, of her dialogue yeah. is on bounties. All of them yeah, all of them are the bounties. I'm trying to remember what the god what's the what's the the arc it's just like oh my god, it just cracked me up. There was like hundred and sixty two of them from that. I think that was the the big one. Um the Beyond that, there's really not. There was more items. There was more items dropped this time than there were lore entries, which is normally the case anyway. Items and bounties. But yeah, no. Well, I was going to use that as a segue too, because um, you know, with this is something that I've kind of been quietly saying, and I think season of opulence kind of. Here's my criticism Um, for those of us who don't have the free time to play or the resources to record everything that is said in game or you know just the fact that we're only one person like i'm only one person i can't see all the various dialogue all the various versions of the iterations and stuff like that my problem is is that that's not being documented anywhere and so it makes it hard to do research against it um which Mm -hmm. is where like dino has been amazingly helpful with uh trying to collate the the quotes and mm-hmm. so what i'm doing is i'm trying to do those just do that justice and put it out on our own website the lore network for for not only my purposes but also to show you know to anyone who wants those those are dialogue quotes and anything like that you know i know ishtar is doing transcripts of the actual missions the quests right um and adventures but i'm talking about idle dialogue Idle dialogue is becoming extremely important in in the game, and I, I really want to throw it out there. 
I am really going to seriously ask if there is an idle dialogue that you guys are in, like that you catch that you find interesting. If you can send it to us, I, I mean, if you can send it to me as a as a video, so you know, com- for confirmation purposes and stuff like that, that's definitely the best way. But if you don't want, if you don't have the ability to videotape it or whatever, please, um, yeah, Dino, thank you. Please, please do because I'll I'll start I'll start cataloging that as well. Please send me the the dialogue either through focusfirechat at gmail.com. I'm almost tempted at right now. I'm going to probably start putting together a submission form through Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I can, cause I can basically uh, automate a lot of that if I do it through that, um, through uh, Google scripts and stuff like that. Um, but the thing is, is like what I want to try to do is I want to try to start collating that information so that we can actually use it because there's, there's a lot of information that is being sent through the idle dialogue. And I'm not saying that it's substantial. I'm not saying that it's like super, you know, groundbreaking information, but it does flavor things like it does flavor. There's there's idle dialogue in the tower that I was sitting. I sat down for an hour the other day and I just typed everything I heard. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I didn't try. I didn't try the worm. There's worm husk still. Yeah. I mean, there's there's huge things going on. There's there's things getting smuggled. There's things being smuggled around in the city. There's things that are, you know, the new monarchy. The monarchy is causing stress. You know, the factions. Yeah. And and it's like it's and like what was there? There's a confirmation of contracts being violated or contracts being uh, competed for by the civilians like there's and, and, and all of this, all of this information is it's one of those things where it's like. I understand that by itself, it doesn't make anything like groundbreaking, but again, it just gives us flavor for the world around us as guardians inside the game. And I find that I find that information fascinating. I love information like that. So I'm just going to kind of put it out to everyone who's listening. Please just take, you know, if it's in discord, Twitter, uh, any way you want, whatever way you want, if you can ping me green, or the Focus Fire account, please, please, please just send us that because then what I'll do is I'll take those and I will, I've already got, I think I've got Tolans up on the website. I'm going to mm-hmm. start trying to get the Vanguards up there next. And then I think I have, I have a list that I'm going to try to work through. Um, and I have a format that I think is pretty um, easy to kind of view at least. Uh, but I'm also taking criticism on that. If I if I have if anyone has a critique of it and has a better way or better process to do it, please do not hesitate to just get in touch with me. If you guys want to help catalog it, please do not hesitate to get in touch with me. I, I'm not I'm not segueing or I'm not uh, segregating that out just to me by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's there's so much like. There's so many trivia facts that are out there that I just don't want to get lost because there's some really cool stuff that is being that's being said. And, you know, I mean, the other thing that bugs me is I can't find and this is just me personally. um, We have so many named NPCs that we are constantly fighting that I don't see any record of. I mean, there's 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 names constantly being noted on the yellow bar enemies. And even I'm I'm subject to this as much as anybody. But like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll blast through an NPC and I'm like, oh, wait, that was a named individual. And it's like, you know, when I was looking up the the uh, Hasapiko and Pagori, 
I'm like, this is some really cool stuff. Like watching the butchers dance uh, while I was looking up the history of Hasapiko was that was really cool. Now, regardless if that's an intentional connection or not, it it exposed me to something that I honestly wasn't super familiar with. I knew that there was folk dances that were similar to it, or like the naming convention. It was it was a familiar word, but I had no idea like the whole process of the dance, the origination, the history of it. And it was like just really cool to get the chance to dive into that. And so those yeah. are those are the kind of the connections that I enjoy doing. Um, so I I mean again, if there's if there's something like that that you have i really want to emphasize i would love to have that information sent so that i could look at it and you know even share it myself like i mean that's that's to me that's where i find a lot of pleasure in doing the research for what we do Mm -hmm. so that was that was my rant slash shout out slash request to everybody hey i mean that's how we all grow as a lore community. We got to work together on it because there's so much stuff to take in now. And because it's not, like you said, it's not all in the API, it's not easily accessible. So we got to work together to, to compile as much as we can. Uh, my shout out actually goes to uh, Mr. A Fractured Winky for joining us on the show. He had to dip out early. Um, family, some family things came up and wanted to go take care of that because his wife is injured currently at the moment. And he needed to go help take care of things. So thank you very much, sir. I know you felt a little overwhelmed a little during the show, but you did a great job. So glad you came on. So glad that another one of our buddies from Australia was able to hop over here. We need to convince Matt to do so at some point too, or even log. That would be interesting. I have a slight announcement in regards to that too. Oh, really? Yeah. So... I am going, I am working pretty hard in the background. I can't give too much away, but we are going to have something with hopefully a number of the people who were oh, on. That, yes. yes. Yeah. Which we'll have Matt. That's the segue I was going with. Um, I thought you had something I didn't know. No, no, I, no, no, that's silly. Something you don't know. Psh. For for those who are just joining us, Green knows everything that I have like project wise, um, because I mostly you make a Trello page for everything. Yeah, because I have way too much information bouncing around in my score or my skull. Yes, Mister Number One Lore Channel himself, uh, or Number Four, depending on what side of the pond you want to ally yourself with. Uh, we're we're working to get uh, something put together that hopefully will. I think kind of be a repeat of the lore panel. Um, I I'm true. I'm still working out the details. I'm still trying to get everyone's schedules are a thing by the way. And it's a mm-hmm. nightmare of a thing, especially when we literally have people all across the globe uh, trying to find a time to get everyone in one place at the same time is, is has been an interesting exercise. Uh, but we have, I think I have a time that works for 90%, 95% of the people um, so we're just, we're just confirming the last few things, but keep an eye out on the focus fire Twitter. And, um, also the lore network has a Twitter, keep an eye out on that. That's going to be predominantly where this particular piece is going to probably be mostly put through. Um, simply because I don't want to, I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to steal limelight by putting it through focus fire. I don't know if it, I don't even think anyone will care, but I think that would be more appropriate 
But um, more network, I agree, is more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It just, to me, it just feels like that's kind of what we're geared. That's what we want for the lore network is to be a, co- a collection point for all the minds to come together, and and that's really kind of what this is going to try to be. So we'll keep an eye out. Um, hopefully, I will have. Hopefully, I'll have all the details ironed out uh, by the time this hits the f- the the advanced episode hits the feed. I'm trying to I'm pushing to get the few, last few details pushed out or uh, confirmed. Finalized, but, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. So just keep an eye out there uh, and let us know. Let us know, obviously, when it happens. Any feedback or anything like that, uh, as always. But yep, yep. It is it is going to be if this is if we are able to pull this off. It will be something that I know that multiple people in the community have asked for on more than one occasion. Yes, that is, which is why I'm, which is why I'm being as pushy as I am behind the scenes about it. Yeah, Blue's actually talking in a Twitter DM, guys. I know. Yeah, that's rare. That's (laughs) really rare. I showed up for a Twitter DM conversation. Um. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's all I got. Uh, Green, do you have any last comments, shout-outs? Uh, change your PSN to having two-step <laughs> verification. Change your password every 90 days. <laughs> be excellent to each other. Don't get too hooked on having blue parrots in your Twitter feed. And I swear, they have a bet. I swear that Deej and Cosmo... And DMG have a bet going on at the office at who can make the most memes on Twitter. And Deej just threw the gauntlet down. Just like, well, boom. you also saw the theory that it was all Elliot, right? That Elliot did it? That would yeah, be funny. Yeah, because he tweeted that, oh, you mean walking by and finding an unlocked computer wasn't a good thing? Oh, no. I mean, Deej <laughs> also put on there to like something about him. Like, yeah, not, don't, like don't him. follow Elliot. Don't, don't, don't follow, follow which, him. Which I think yeah. weren't, aren't the tweets now deleted, I think was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, they got deleted the day after, and Elliot hit 6,000 followers. Oh, I love it. I love it. But mm-hmm. So that's that's all we got. Um, I think my sign-off for this one is going to be, see ya, Guardian. See ya, Guardian. I can't do Space Cowboy, because that doesn't, that's like a direct rip-off. See ya, Space, see see ya, space, space Cowboy. cowboy. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.